Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. I want to continue our journey this morning, and last week we were looking at going through the the, the, really the, the understanding of where a true identity and being a, the difference between human being and human doing and then what happens in the, in the midst of that, how we're created in the image of God and then really on a section of this I, I put it what am I but it's finding that expression of being able to be you and what you're going to do with your life because we all want two things intimacy and impact those are two of the most basic human being drives that every person has it's funny you can see it in the smallest of child and you can still see it in the oldest adult uh, one of the saddest things for things like nursing homes is when you go and visit and there's somebody in there who, who's uh, aged, but they still have things to give. They still want to influence other people and they still want the interchange. And if you've never, if you have children, if you've never taken your children, um, you can, I don't know, with now that we're coming out of dirty name COVID, um, that we're, we're backing out of that. If you ever get the chance to take your children or grandchildren and visit a nursing home, do it. Because you'll watch people, older people who still want to have intimacy and impact, and it's, they just flash. They just, it just so brightens them up. So, and a child wants that. Uh, when they start preschool, you, you can see it. They want, they want that. They want to know that they're loved. And that they can love, they can give their love away, and they're safe. And then it's all say, what am I going to do? And then then that leads to bigger things as you grow. What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to get there? So we're right at that point and talking with the difference about two different equations. By the way, New Day Youth, speaking of youth, this Wednesday, Caleb and Reagan's house, 6.30. 6.30. Couldn't remember whether it was... Bring Bibles. Bring your Bible. Even if it's on your phone. Yeah, even if it's on your phone. People, people carry phones now rather than a Bible. It's really strange. So we're looking at three things in order to, to get direction like... Um, you know, and it's amazing. You can be... 50 years old and have a giant transition change and want to do something else with your life. There's no set thing. There's no A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps in life. You can do something. I've had, I've had uh, three very distinct career changes in my life. And it's okay, that, but that doesn't mean that you, you can't make a rule out of it. Everybody should have three different to say, no. God has a journey for each one of us. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard teachers try and say, this is how you should date, and this is how you should find the love of your life, and this is how you get married and make it last for 60 years. Right. Now, if that really worked, you could make millions of dollars. 
But it's, it's all, it's all just life and it's happening and you can't find your rules. I've never applied for a job since I was like 16. I've never made up a resume. So should I teach that if you do that in faith, then God's got the whole thing lined out and you should? No. That would be wacky. It did. That's what, that was the journey God had for me. But it doesn't mean that it's a journey for everybody else and that that's the right way to do it. So in looking at this, we're looking at principles. How does God work within us and work in our identity and to find out what we want to do in life? And we ended last week with, it is God who chooses. If you can find that principle that it's God chooses you. It's always there. We didn't, um, I don't know how many of you have this, but I would have, if you told me that I was going to be in ministry when I was 18, I would have said blank words at you that aren't nice. Like, what's wrong with you? Are you kidding me? I can remember when I, when I actually got to university and they had me fill out one of those dream sheet placement things about what you would be good at, and it came back, priest, and I went, I'm not Catholic. What are you talking about priest? I don't want to be a priest. I, I was a Christian. I was like, what? And had no intention of doing that with my life, ever. Lo, these many years later, here, you know, there's things that God has put in you and desires he's put in you, and we're going to explore that, but you have to understand there's like two or three basic things regarding this that if you get it, it changes that journey uh, into even being a smoother journey for each of us. So God chooses us. It's a principle in God. He says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Well, that puts security in us. God formed and fashioned you in a certain way. I'm going to tell a story on my oldest son so that you can get this drilled into you. So when we began to have children, I, I was still like... Uh, we weren't kids anymore. We were, I was in my 30s, early 30s, 31. We had Tanner. But I still had like these pretty high ideals uh, that probably came out of my generation and some of my pseudo-intellectual hippieism. Uh, so like I wanted to be known. I was a person of peace. I didn't like war. I, didn't, I still don't like war. All of us should be people of peace. But I didn't, I wasn't going to, here's the story. I was very idealistic. I wasn't going to let my children that I had play with any toy guns. You know, is that right or wrong? I don't know. I just didn't want it. I didn't want them to grow up with that. And so we didn't do army men, you know, with a little Tanner. And when Tanner was about four or five, and he wanted to get uh, different toys and different things, and I was playing with him, and he, he wanted these, 
uh, Legos that had soldiers and that kind of stuff. And back then, GI Joe was really popular, and he wanted GI Joes. And I was like, I don't want him. I don't want him to be that. I want him to grow up as an intellectual. I mean, he's going to be an attorney. You know, I could see the door. T. Nathaniel Rindles, attorney at law. You know, I had it all planned out for him. And he was going to be a man of peace, and he would be a public defender. You getting the idealism that was swirling around in this old brain? Well, as I'm playing with him, the Holy Spirit whispers inside of me and says, what if I made him to be a warrior? Mic drop. What? He said, what if I made him to be a warrior? And then he whispered to me, do you think David practiced with a toy sword? Oh my gosh. Go out and buy castle Legos and get the G.I. Joes and went, yeah, I'm going to yield to that. What if he, you know? And he started drawing pictures with his friend. And guess what he drew tons of pictures of? Airplane fighter jets. <laughs> Today, my son is a fighter pilot in the Air Force. But he said, do you see that journey? Like God puts stuff in him way back there. And it changes the meaning of train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from that. We think that means obedience and obedience and righteousness. What if it means that God has put stuff inside of them that you're supposed to cooperate with to allow them to grow and understand that? So that's how these principles apply. So another one in God is this. In finding out what you're to do with your life, learning to lead and have influence is learned through serving. It's a, it's a huge, huge principle. So I'm going to click, catch back up to where we are. Now, when serving comes out of who you are rather than what you do it becomes something very different you can serve trying to get something you can serve trying to get attention you can do all that but when the serving comes from this is who I am and this is and I will tell you this God made each of us to serve it is part of how that finding your impact, what you're to do, and it's also finding the intimacy issue, to love and be loved. If you're going to love someone, it's necessary to serve them. It really is. It's necessary to find that place where, and it does something in, in the cooperation of how we're growing in life, it does something there. Some people will readily admit, I don't like serving. Some people say they don't like serving, and they're the biggest servants of all. Some people are trying to serve out of human doing and not a human being, and so they want to get noticed for it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Look at Matthew 20, verse 25. Jesus called the disciples to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. That means they control them and make them less than. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. 
So he's laying out a principle. Whoever desires to become great among you, and they were talking among themselves, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Difficult word. What's God trying to get at? He's trying to get at the very issue, core issue, of each of our lives as humans, that if we are going to have impact, it must be in a way that comes out of the being of helping others. To serve means to help. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served. Now, you got to think through this. First of all, he's given himself the title Son of Man, which he was the one who called himself that. Other people didn't call him that. He called himself that. Why? He was taking his identity, and you know what he was doing? He was wrapping his identity around his creation, around you and I. Son of man. He was a, guess what he was doing? Identifying with us when he said that about himself. And he said, I didn't come, but it was a high and lofty title because it also had prophetic implications of what the Old Testament writers had said about him. So he's embracing the title and he said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. There was something inside of him. He said, this drive, and he says, he says, and with that, I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. So how do you serve? Give your life as a ransom. Give it away. Is there times you serve in the flesh? Absolutely. You just do it. Why do you do it? Because it's the right thing to do. What does that have to do with who I will become? Everything. It works within us, those boundaries of humility. Um, how many of you had a bad boss at any time in your life? Yep, it's good for you. No? Mm. When I was working on... Uh, well, I better not use names. When I was working on this person's farm back in Iowa, and I was a young lad, and uh, I worked really hard for him. And even even the first summer that I worked on the farm, I was a townie, but I worked out on the farm. I lived out at their house because then I, he was out in the field, and so I did the milking both in the morning and at night, and. Uh, and did all that, and, and as I was doing that, he said, hey, you want to make some extra money? And I said, how much? And he said, oh, I don't know, let's talk about it. I need my calf pen cleaned out. I went, calf pen? It's not that big. It was about the size of a garage. And I went, maybe, what will you give me? He said, I'll give you 60 bucks. Well, $60 back in 1967 was, or 66, was like, I mean, gas was about 18 cents a gallon. So like $60, man, could I blow a lot of that money uh, and, and have a lot of fun with it. So I went, okay. What he didn't tell me when I went and looked at it, that calf pen hadn't been cleaned out in about five years. And the layer of manure in it was about 
a foot and a half, 18 to 20 inches thick. It took me five Saturdays working all day, giving up my Saturdays, and I still got paid 60 bucks. Bad boss. Knew he was taking advantage of me, did it anyway. But you know what? As I, I got halfway through it, and I may not have had the best dad in the world, but dad looked at me and said, you told him 60 that you'd do it for 60. Finish the job, son. But it wasn't fair. You told him you'd do it, and you hired out to do it. Finish the job. Now, you think this story would have a really wonderful ending, that at the end of it, he gave me extra money? No, not that guy. Uh -uh, he got a good deal, and he knew it. What did you learn from it? How to serve without bitterness, without being angry, without hatred. Um, yeah, now, that's hard, that's hard to do. And even when there's harsh words, I mean, he uses the word slave here. This is Jesus talking. I, we abhor that. But back, and you can't just say it was cultural. Can you? God is saying, look, if you can find this place to let serving work out who you are, you're going to find what you want to do. This is what I found. I never take advantage of people over a job. The workman's worthy, at least I don't do it on purpose. I may have accidentally. But I don't do that. I learned something through it in the serving of it. And, I, and it did good things in my life. And it's a principle in which all leaders should serve. They should all have a place of serving. We have incredible leaders in here and they serve. Clean the building, set up the chairs, uh, do worship. We, we, we have that within our midst. Look at this. When you... Whoop, there. Galatians 5, now I've taught a lot regarding the message of grace in Galatians 5 and about the liberty we have getting free from legalism. Look at what Paul does in connecting it with serving. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, do what? Serve one another. Grace people should be known for serving more than anybody else. I have the liberty to not do something. And he says, with that liberty, now do something with it. What? Is he confused? No, he's saying if your heart's free, then what happens when you freely give it away in love by helping someone? Making a meal, picking up a piece of trash, deciding to do the job that nobody else wants to do. It does something within us. So here's this massive principle about what am I going to do with my life? Well, first get this idea that you're going to serve. If that's a harness within you, then it gets worked out. Even with things like everybody gets a bad boss along the way. This is just a principle in God. You get that person... And now the guy, the farmer wasn't the only bad boss I had. I had other bad bosses. 
one of the worst bad bosses I had was a pastor. But you know what? In the last part of his life, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. And in the last part of his life, I was able to bless him and release him and see all the incredible things that he did with his life and the way he influenced people. Would I ever work for him again? No! Nevertheless, in my heart, because of learning serving, I could see how he had served. He had really served. And he'd really done it well. You know, he, he was somebody that really served other people groups outside of America and stuff. He really laid his life down. It was right there. So with our liberty to be whoever we want to be in God and dream big, he says, with that, in love, serve one another. Matthew 23 says, He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, it's, uh, it's really funny how the word humility is tied with humiliation. Anytime we get asked to do something, if we see that as, uh, that's beneath me, guess what? Get ready for God lesson number 362. Because God will allow you to run into that until it works something in you. Why does he do that? It's in, it's in our nature of finding out what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. And he, and he, and he causes uh, in grace and in love, he causes the plowshare of his principles to slice through your soil so that something can get planted there that will grow into a garden that other people want to walk through and enjoy. Does that make sense? He does. He's not trying to hurt you or disable you or to make you more than or less than somebody else. Remember the comparison thing. Now, if you weren't here, there, we talked about comparison. And in humility, it just works something in you. And it, here's how it works. It identifies what you deeply mistrust and dislike about God and other people. When that's there, uh, you'll see it. It's funny how uh, and this, this works in this way. And this is where our blind ignorance comes in. If you're seeing a group of people as less than you and you want to go and serve them because you feel bad for them and you want to help them, that's not humility. Why? Because you're seeing yourself as better than them. And so you're bending down to be the help. Here's when it gets really hard. Go serve really wealthy, arrogant people. Go serve somebody who doesn't deserve it at all. And it drives you absolutely crazy. And you want to take their head off. Why? Because it works something of humility in us. It does it in us. Because the other way, you're the exalted one helping the lesser one. Oh, here, let me help you with that. 
doesn't it works a little. It does help a little, but it doesn't get at your own human pride. Helping somebody who is sure that that's what your role should be. Uh, uh, I could tell you one life lesson after another in politics and what I learned there and serving people that were the most arrogant bunch of airheads I ever knew in my life and couldn't think their way out of a paper bag and I did all the work and they got all the credit they would turn on the news at night and hear what an incredible speech so and so gave and I wrote the speech and never got a bit of credit for it would it work in your heart to write the speech because it's the right thing to do and to have the satisfaction and I did the right thing there's the key godliness and contentment is what? great gain I'm not doing it to get something I'm doing it because that's who I am and when I do it because and you got to teach your kids this you got to teach it when they're 4 and 5 and 6 and 8 and 12 and 15, 23, 34. And sometimes you got to look at your 40 year old and go, remember who you are. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and go, Lord, remember who you are. Remember who brought you here. Dance with the one who brought you. Don't look around, don't look for other partners to dance with dance with the holy one who declared you righteous dance with the one that says this is who you really are come on buddy you can do this but I'm tired of doing that oh you can do it one more time because there's a day coming you may not be able to do that anymore and you'll wish you could I have a brother who's in a wheelchair now. He was such a hard worker all his life. He's been in a wheelchair quite a while now. I called him up, and some weeks are better than others, but I asked him, I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, Sue, that's my sister-in-law. He said, Sue got me this little hand blower. And he said, so I go out on the porch, and I, I blow the stuff off the, off the stairs for the the leaves and the dirt and the stuff for the ramp that my wheelchair goes up. He does it. I watched him serve his whole life. He was a pastor. I watched him serve other people and there he is. He still wants to do it. There may be a day coming you can't grab the blower and clean the driveway off or go wash your your spouse or some other significant other, you can't go wash their car for them. What if you took this week, especially in this way, just ask the Lord to show you, how could I serve somebody in secret? So I'm the one that, that's doing it. I know I'm doing it. Nobody else has to know or see it. Just to bless them. Would you be willing to take that challenge?
remind yourself of who you are again that you just do it for somebody out of love it can be a little thing it can be picking up all the pencils on the floor it could be cooking a meal it could be a lot of things so let me pray for us God I thank you that you called us to be servants. That there is this place in you that you put this in the high in the order of how we learn to flow in what you want us to do with our lives. That we can gain it. I ask that you would show us so that we can show others. That we could serve again. Lord, here we are and we all want to say, I want to serve the Lord with gladness. And you say back, I just want you to serve. The gladness is already in me. Show us. Each one of us now, I ask that you just drop a nugget in there for this week. That we would know how to serve somebody. That we'd find that place. Whether it's sending an encouraging letter or just being there to listen. Show each one of us. And we'll receive it in your name that we might grow and understand who we are again. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son. In the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you love each other as you go?